Welcome to the Grandstand Golf Podcast. I am Kevin Bapti, and I'm joined, as always, by my brothers, Adam. Hey, what's going on, guys? And Craig. Uh, hey, guys. Second billing. I was kind of hoping I was going to be first this week. <laughs> Two weeks in a row, too. <laughs> uh, now that I know that you're paying attention. <laughs> um, Craig, I think you wanted to start us off by talking about a review we recently had. Yeah, well, I mean, we get we get a lot of comments over on YouTube. Um, Colm Brown loves to give us his picks uh, on our, especially yeah. on our Euro videos. Uh, but he he mentioned on a recent video uh, that we should be calling this the weekend golf recap uh, because you know we are really trying to to cover more than just whatever the PGA event is each week. Um, and we have at least one European subscriber who loves what we're talking about. So, so that's, I, I think we're going to go ahead and do that. Uh, so we are going to try, I mean, we're always, we're always going to talk about a PGA event when there is one on on the weekend, but we are going to really try to, to, um, incorporate as much European tour and LPGA content sure. as we can. Um, so yeah, we love, we love to hear the comments, uh, and we are happy, uh, to get, you know, guidance from you guys. So let us know if there's anything else. And yeah. they might just be featured on the podcast. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I think all of us kind of wish we could watch more of the European tour. It's just, unfortunately, with the time delay, I was I was up late there on Saturday night, early Sunday morning, and yeah, it, it, it took a one. toll. It it's took a, a toll. One. Yeah, yeah. I, I honestly find having to get up at like five these days. I find that the European tour ones aren't bad. It's it's when they get into the Middle East that yeah, it's, exactly. It's yeah. really yeah. Like, yeah. it's really the middle of the night for That's us. That's true. So. I think That's it's true. a straight, like, 12-hour difference. Mm-hmm. Or maybe 11. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, like, yeah. Um, Dubai is is essentially the total opposite. It's 12 yeah. hours. <laughs> at least for me here. So 11 for you. That yeah. makes sense. That checks out. <laughs> um, Adam, do you want to start us off by giving us a recap of the U.S. Women's Open this weekend? Yeah. So, I mean, I guess we're going to talk about a couple tournaments here. Uh, U.S. Women's Open, I think, was the big one, guys. Uh, great, great event. I really enjoyed how much coverage it got. Um, Sorry, got- just real quick. Um, you mentioned we are going to talk about a couple of them. We are going to talk about the DP World tour championship as well so you know we'll, we'll put a timestamp in if you don't care so much about the u.s women's open stuff that will be later um but we're going to focus on on the women's open first i thought my tease was enough just to keep everybody listening right <laughs> through it. just teasing it a little bit uh yeah u.s women's open we got treated with a monday uh finish with the cold weather in uh houston sloppy conditions uh they kind of called sunday uh, pretty early there, so most of the fourth round was played on Monday. Uh, Hinako Shibuno was the 54-hole leader, and Aileen Kim buried the final three holes, 16, 17, 18, just firing her her irons to get close and get those birdie opportunities. Uh, she finished one stroke ahead of Jin Young Ko and Amy Olsen, who uh, had a I mean, tragic weekend and, and uh, pretty incredible story that we'll get into here. But Kevin, I mean, a lot of time you kind of give us our global um, golf update for our podcast. So Alim Kim, was she on your radar at all this year or come into the U.S. Women's Open? You know, she was not. <laughs> Unfortunately, she wasn't on my radar. But but what can you say about that finish? I mean, holy cow. It Maybe it was the mask. I'm not sure, but it also kind of looked like she was disgusted with some of those iron shots from the fairway, <laughs> and, then, and then she she stiffed them. I mean, I, she, sixteen and seventeen were stiff, and then eighteen seemed like I don't know, twelve, ten feet kind of. No, downhill. I think I think it was only about seven or eight. But oh, was it? A little bit of a tricky putt that she, yeah. you know, obviously obviously made for the win. But love to see the enthusiasm after that too, with the good fist pump, and um, I think she knew that that would be a tough number to get to and it would probably at least get well, her into a, I mean, at least in a playoff. Share. Yeah. I mean, an hour before that, we had Inby Park looking like she could get to even with a birdie on 18 and people were like, is that enough? Like, is even going to be yeah. enough? Like, the, it, it was hard out there. Like, it was... I mean, they were playing in the mud. They had mud balls seemingly with every approach shot. Uh, yeah. And I, I don't I, know. I think it might have been Paige McKenzie who really emphasized it on the broadcast. But um, they were so surprised. Both um, Lim Kim and uh, um, Jin Young Ko. Jin Young Ko birdied two of the last three. And, yes. and A. Lim Kim birdied three in a row. Uh, and she said she was just not expecting that kind of stretch. Like she, th- she thought par through, through those last three holes was going to be pretty competitive. 
Um, well, we were kind of highlighted with Olsen, with Shabino. I feel like I thought Ko, I mean, Craig, you picked her, you picked her out from the beginning of the tournament. I, I like Ko. I mean, she's I mean, it's won. not exactly going on a limb to pick the world number one. <laughs> It's hey, not, but her. she she hasn't played a yeah, ton. Yeah. She, I mean, she wasn't the favorite, so. I, I, I thought kind of the last uh, maybe nine, seven, eight holes there that Ko was going to make that kind of sneaky attack. I didn't think, I mean, Kim wasn't getting much coverage at all. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's incredible. It's a crazy It finish. almost felt a little bit like a Masters, just with like the someone that you're not really paying attention to goes on a crazy birdie run and posts yeah. a number. Um, yeah. yeah. A Danny Willett-like run. Almost. Or like a, a, yeah. a Schwartzel-like run. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I, I, in those moments, I find it hard for, like, the the crew and, like, the TV truck kind of producing this, right? They're, like, do we cut? Like, when, at what point do we add this person to our rotation of the... Yeah, yeah. And it's hard. Like, it's hard to... Because you don't want to... I mean, uh, we like to complain a, a lot about, you know, coverage takes, but um, you don't want to not tell the story of the people that you think are, the story is going to be about. So if you're just yeah. like cutting from shot to shot to shot, like not everyone wants the red zone experience. So, um, right. Right. you know, like then conversely, we'll talk about how we want to see every shot and then we'll talk about like how awesome it is to hear the caddy conversations and these things. So you kind of have to pick your poison a bit. Um, yeah. Although it did frustrate me when I saw people on Twitter talking about how much they love the uninterrupted coverage, and on TSN I'm watching, <laughs> I'm watching I know. them cut to commercial again. But like <laughs> at the most inopportune times, like someone's yeah. on the lineup of and they're like, and off to RBC. Or like, <laughs> like oh. they still give you the without sound um, picture, yeah. but yeah, it, it bothers me. Yeah, same here. Yeah, I, I've. Um... I was kind of pulling for Amy Olsen. Adam, why don't you give us a little bit of the story of hers? Well, first, uh, before we move on from Elam Kim, uh, first U.S. Open start, I believe, and first time playing in an overseas tournament. Wow. I know. I knew it was her first major. I didn't know it was her first time overseas. <laughs> like, it's pretty incredible. Uh, tied, the lo- tied the biggest uh, comeback, Sunday comeback, five strokes. Five strokes. Tied um, with Annika. Uh, yeah. Had the second best uh, stroke gain total round, I think, ever on a Sunday. So second best ever, which is kind of tricky because we don't get those stats. But, I mean, this was in the USGA article. So really, really, really uh, great performance. Yeah. And, again, I just can't get over the fact, it, you know, it's like when you hit a good tee shot and you bend over and pick up the tee right away because, you know, it's down the middle of the fairway. It's not, like, I guess when you are that good and you can just, like, flag it, it's like, okay, it's, <laughs> it's flagged. Now, you know, I'm just going to look away now. Yeah. <laughs> like she, she looked away early on those iron shots, and, yeah. and it was they were fantastic shots. I guess, again hitting so few of those shots, I'm going to stare it down to the very bitter end and probably, <laughs> and, and probably and, not take my eyes off it the whole time well I'm walking too. up towards it. But. Evan seems to be stuck in his backswing. <laughs> so, I, I, yeah, no, let's, let's get into Amy Olsen and then I want to get a yeah. little bit further. Um, I, I want to go a little bit further into Aileen Kim and just how, how absurd the talent coming out of Korea is in the women's golf game. Um, yeah, but but yeah, Adam, tell us real quick. Uh, just recap for people that don't. I'm sure most people know this story. And, yeah, and interrupt me if I have anything wrong. But I also believe she's she had the first ace on Thursday as well. There's two aces on Thursday. I think Amy Olson actually had that first one. Um, which uh, really that was cool. the only one I saw live. Was Amy Olson's? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I mean, yeah, a tragic, a tragic. It's it's hard to kind of uh, address this appropriately, but her father-in-law died unexpectedly. Uh, I believe on Saturday. So uh, her husband rushed back. Uh, They're from North Dakota. I believe they both went to North Dakota uh, State. Uh, She played golf. He, I think, is a football player, football coach now. Uh, So his father passed away suddenly, unexpectedly. Uh, She stayed. um, And, yeah, it it was a, I mean, I'm sure a really, really tough and lonely Sunday to kind of sit that entire thing out. And then to come back Monday, put up the performance she did, it was pretty remarkable. Um, and you, I think you could see the emotion kind of drain her when she uh, finally finished it. She was probably rotting kind of a, a wave, but yeah, pretty really, really tough story. Yeah, it is tough. And it, I think you do point out a good fact that, it, I mean, it almost would have been easier for her if 
play just would have happened on Sunday because like having to sit there, mm-hmm. not being able to go home to yeah. you know, support your husband and, and do everything you feel like you want to be doing for your family, but then not being able to play golf that day as well. Like you're just like, man, I just have to sit well, here. And, and I don't know what the rules are and, with the LPGA or with Houston, but it's not like you can just go and do whatever. Right? And, Who knows? Yeah. yeah. You're kind of stuck to whatever. Yeah. And, ar- and, you know, and, and all of that aside, arguably she was kind of in the biggest, uh, you know, most in the groove there on Saturday yeah, after her like Saturday it... round, you know, yeah. uh, Shibono was, uh, Shibono was, um, had had a poor Saturday in comparison. She had, she, yeah, she, she went I mean, she was, with... she was way out in front after Friday Shibuno, and then she had moved back a little bit on, on Saturday. Yeah, so um, you know, I I kind of felt like going into what I what would have been Sunday, you know, prior to any of this news dropping that Amy Olson was a little bit in the driver's seat. Yeah. Um. So you know, it, it, as an athlete, I think sometimes it's the easiest thing is to just kind of keep your head down and and not think about what as much as you can, not think about the outside things and and just play. Um, yeah. But unfortunately, like you say, very, very tough circumstances. And, um, Absolutely. Yeah. And you know what? Um, like, she's never won. So, like, it's still a great result for her. Like, it a, a is. Time yes. for, yeah. like, I mean, you, yes, you, you love it when you get the story where it's a win and if it could have been her first win and all of these things. But once you can take a step back, like, she, I think they give a, a silver medal to the second place here. And, like, that's, yeah. that's, her her best finish yeah. in a tournament i mean she has other yeah. seconds and she has another second in a major um yeah. but still like it, it's still a, a really incredible accomplishment it's still a, a crazy decorated uh like junior and collegiate career she had a record 20 collegiate wins um and then she won she won the u.s girls junior which they talked about a few have gone on to win the u.s open and uh girls junior so she i mean she's kind of uh uh, an early success and then kind of why hasn't it happened yet on the next stage it seems like well that might segue us into why it hasn't happened on the next stage it's because <laughs> the koreans are absolutely dominant in women's golf um and so I, i've been doing a bunch Let's of research on this today um so so first off just because this is i think puts it into a little bit of context but uh a lim kim uh, was 94th in the rankings going into this week. Uh, yes. Big win. She moves up to 30th. She moves up 64 spots. She's still the 14th ranked Korean golfer. Oh, wow. <laughs> so the top three ranked right now are all Koreans. Yeah. Um, we've got five in the top 10, 19 in the top 50. Uh, so it's just incredible. Like we, I mean, this is a perfect example. Someone who comes over for their first tournament overseas and they win i think it's potentially the big i mean it's definitely a major but i think it's potentially the biggest of the majors for the on the female side um so just first off like the quality at the top is incredible in in um the korean golf the korean female golf Mm -hmm. but then the depth is just absurd um I, i was reading some things about how like it would be awesome to do a uh, you know, like a, a Ryder Cup style thing and do Korea versus the US. And then like everything I was reading about this, this is just on Twitter, but everything's like, no, like legitimately you need to do like Korea versus the world. Like yeah, that's yeah. the only way you're going to have something that's balanced at this point in in time. Yeah, that's pretty remarkable. It is. Yeah. So, and, and it's, I mean, a lot of these, it's going to get more and more dominant. Like we we know in B Park, she's been around for a little while. Um, she's still only what it was two thousand eight, I think it was Adam when she won the U.S. Open. Um, and she was the youngest, she was the youngest uh, winner at nineteen. Yeah. So she's she's just about I guess I would guess thirty one ish. But she's yeah. she's like the seasoned vet of the group. Um, yeah. The uh, so so essentially. Um, is it Seri Pack or Siri Pack? Siri Pack, yeah. So she was like the one who kicked this off. Yeah, she um, was the linchpin of the whole thing. Late yeah. late nineties, early two thousands. She won five majors. And so that I was watching a lot of golf in those days with with a boy, obviously playing pretty well. But yeah, um, and then he's pointing to his Tiger Woods hat. If you're listening to the audio. <laughs> <only>. <laughs> 
And if, if you're listening to the audio only, go to the YouTube channel. Um, <laughs> yeah, but Siri Pack and Annika Sormsen were like the they were kind of neck and neck there for a while, and and Siri Pack for a little bit was was dominant. She was awesome, um, and uh, I remember I remember her and and the explosion that's happened after that is is pr- awesome. It's great to see. It's it's remarkable. Well, I I think it's so I, I think there's a few. So I was like, I was reading some articles and like, why is this? Like, first off, there's, I mean, there's cultural reasons. There's like a, a similar, I think, to Japan in a lot of ways. There's a culture right. of like yeah. work ethic where if you, if you want to be the best at something, you just, and it's a repeatable skill, you just friggin' keep doing it repeatedly yeah. until you can do it as perfectly as possible. But then there's on, so in Korea, there's three levels. So like there's a Korean LPGA tour uh, mm-hmm. that is, you know, the, uh, so I was looking at 2019 cause that was the last time both had full seasons. The top money winner there, if you were to exchange, you know, do exchange rates right. would have been about fourth on the LPGA. So like they're pretty good prizes and everything, um, yeah. Oh, yeah. which means you have good corporate money behind it as well. Yeah. But so you've got the Korean LPGA, you've got what's called like the Dream Tour, which is, uh, you know, the the main feeder tour, the challenge tour or the, the corn fairy tour type thing. Mm-hmm. But then there's a jump tour below that. So they get essentially all they it, it's you can play there if you're a, a young professional, like for them, like 16, 17 years old. But um, also, I, I, I from what I understand, it's like the up and comers. But then they also have this culture where like the 30 to 50 year old amateurs who are, who are just awesome. They like get them to come to these tournaments to make these fields like very competitive. So essentially when these, when these kids are coming up through the ranks, they're playing competitive golf. Like they're not just practicing golf. They're playing competitive golf, 20 tournaments a year from the time they're like, you know, 12, I don't know what age some of, I mean, some of these girls are dominant at, 17 18 19 so it's got to be young that they're that they're on you know winning on the jump tour but then they also instead of some of the ones in the states you have to you essentially they try to jump them right up to the lpga and they will play a handful like you look at michelle Wee, she was playing a handful of tournaments a year uh on the lpga without any membership status at that time um but you got to get used to like winning. And I think that's one of the things that does really well when you have those tiers. You get used to winning at that level. And then you go up to the dream tour level. You get used right. to winning at that level. And so, you know, the best players on the dream tour, they go and they're like oftentimes one of the, you know, in the top 10, maybe rookie of the year types um, on the Korean LPGA. And then, some of them can make the hop the next year if they want yeah. to, to the LPGA. Yeah. Um, it's interesting it just... because, I mean, you're playing NCAA, say, Div 2 golf, and you're playing against all Div 2 golfers. But if you're on, say, this jump tour, then you're playing against people that have all this different wealth of experience or different backgrounds. Uh, so it's an interesting way to kind of grow your national sport, I guess, or your national tour. Yeah, yeah. and I think, so it's a combination. I think you get... Potentially your biggest female athlete celebrity of 20 years ago is a golfer. Yeah. And then that cascades. And then you get, you get associations and, and corporations invested in it. And then you get success and success kind of breeds success. And it becomes yeah. a bit mm-hmm. of a snowball effect. Yeah. Yeah. They're dominant. They're, They're dominant. dominant. Yeah. They, they, they did it right. <laughs> So um, do you have do you have any ideas for what you're going to brand it? I mean, I'm thinking like US versus uh international as the Presidents Cup like do you have any uh any the suggestions Cup? there or is that is that too out of the blue? I don't want to put you on the spot there. Greg. Think about it. Maybe get I, back I, to us on that. I don't know. Um there is so there, there's already a LP I forget what they call it. I want to say like the internationals or something, but it's like essentially the LPGA and the KLPGA have a match um like of all the best players but the lpg oh, yeah, half yeah, yeah. of them are korean players <laughs> so like you get like jin young ko playing against um i forget her name Choi, who was uh are there, I, I honestly i i struggle with these names but uh or hannah jang is one of the one of the better ones uh who stays who's plays full-time by choice over in korea um hi, hi jin Choi was one i was thinking of um 
But yeah, so like the top matches in this internationals will be like a Korean versus a Korean. <laughs> Um, but then there's something more to it as well, because like I, I don't know why golf is held in such a high regard, because even expats from Korea, like, um, is it Yelimi? Yelimi? No, the the 19-year-old oh, from California, yeah. Uh, yeah. who was almost, you know, she at, at one point early in the day, she was potentially going to make a run at being the youngest ever winner. Um, you know, American-born uh, Korean immigrant parents. Mm-hmm. Uh um, Lydia Ko, New Zealand. Oh no, she actually was Korean born, but moved as an infant to New Zealand. <laughs> um, Minji Lee, Australian, but yeah. Korean roots. Like it, it's just, it's, it's weird to me how, how prevalent it is in, in the Korean culture, both within Korea and then people who have immigrated elsewhere. Well, you know, we were thinking about getting, starting a segment called Soapbox Sunday um i wouldn't say that was i first I of all i still have a soapbox sunday on, actually <laughs> i think that might get rejected now i think we're, we're recording on a monday but that was that was you know it's a good tutorial thank you craig for that i i appreciate it it was an education for me i haven't i just love to dive that deep into it i haven't it even put me... in a formal request for a soapbox sunday this week that was, just, <laughs> that was more of an well, educational oh, <laughs> I like it because I feel like I get a trip inside Craig's mind as well, and I can I can almost see the browser tabs growing <laughs> on his computer as he's talking. And I read a couple articles, article, article, article. I, I, yeah, I, I was gonna say a trip inside Craig's mind is like uh, it's a little bit of a dangerous thing. That might be kind of an Alice in Wonderland kind of thing. I don't know. Um, how, how actually, if you want a really good website to check to out. Um, there's a, it's just a blog from a fan, uh, totally unassociated with any of these players, but it's called Soul Sisters, like S-E-O-U-L Sisters. But essentially he like, he totally covers Korean golf, both in in North America and in Korea. So he just gives you, unfortunately he hasn't updated since this end of 2019 or at least that's the last blog post i saw but uh yeah he really gives you a great background into all these players i mean i mean doing research for dfs as well i found the um the korean website and actually the japanese website as well jlpga um had more information in the lpga mm-hmm. they had more stats they seemed to have more information um it's it's kind of it's fun to take that dive uh so that, and that's a little a, something we saw a little bit with uh, shibonu shibuno i was like that's not right i can't quite figure it out um like there's a there's a bunch of young japanese um women as well who yeah um are it looks like there's kind of a generation uh 25 and under that are going to be making a continued amount of uh, um, an increasing amount of noise here over the next few years um so we haven't talked about all of the implications of the win for Alim Kim yet. Um, she's now eligible for um, LPGA status or right. an LPGA membership. She gets obviously into the next, uh, I think it's 10, 10, US, 10 years. Yeah. Yeah. 10 US Opens. Um, and also a million dollar first prize. That's something on the lpga that's not uh very often that they have that kind of prize money so that's pretty awesome i, I think like there's there are you see these big jumps in the pga tour uh sometimes and climbing the rankings but um all of them have some sort of seemingly backing right they have their clubs or they have their hat sponsors they, they have all these sponsors I just think when you go down to uh, or you go over to the women's game, um, they don't have that much. They don't have that much sponsorship dollars behind it, and a million dollar first place check is gonna make a big difference in someone's lives and someone's career for someone's family. Uh, Especially when it's your first overseas tournament. Yeah, no but kidding, that's also that. where I think the Korean women have a bit more of that. Like I, I forget who it was they had mentioned. Uh, one of the Americans. But she was essentially she was looking at like relocating because she was going to start her her I think it was CPA it was either accounting or finance career right. um, and it, it kind of decided to give one last one last go this year to to try to make it. But um, I, I think there is a bit more sponsorship like 
It's that almost like the celebrity yeah. status, I think, is a bit larger in Korea for yeah. female golfers than it is in the States. And so yeah. as soon as you get that celebrity status and eyeballs on it, you get more corporate, you get more well, sponsorship. Honestly, I'm sure it is. If if you have that many, I, I don't know what the population of Korea is, but if you have that many golfers in the top 50, um, it's going to be, that's a huge, a, mm-hmm. a much bigger proportion of the population than in the States, I would think. Um so it's going to be more popular and they're going to be more, more celebrities and that, and the sponsorship dollars follow that typically. Um, so yeah. Um, and so there's next week, is it next week that the the tour? Yeah. So next week is the tour championship. Adam, I think he has something you want to say about the tour championship. If I'm not, I'm going to push Craig off his soapbox for a second. I'm going to climb up, but it'll be a little bit. It'll be a little bit shorter. <laughs> uh, yeah, tour championships next week. And just actually before we aired this, I saw a couple uh, tweets come out about the field, and I believe it's a 70 person limited field, no cut event. Um, and there's a couple sponsors invite, but notably, Sophia Popoff did not make the tour champion. Obviously, she had that. We talked about it on the podcast. She had that great run uh, this year and won the British, the Women's British Open. Vaulted her uh, way up, kind of changing her career. She was caddying, I think, like three or four weeks right before that. Huge breakthrough in her life. Um, but she wasn't an LPGA member when that win happened. So she didn't collect the points. So she's not in the top 70 or the field of 70. And they had a couple of sponsors invites and they went to... Uh, Natalie Galbus, who has played in six tournaments this year and hasn't played a single weekend. She hasn't made a single cut. So you have the Women's British Open winner. No, sorry, I'm just going to interrupt you um, for one sec because I yeah. think it's, I don't think it is the British Open. I think it's the Women's Open Championship. <laughs> I must have been reading the U.S. publication. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> I was just because I, I, I was, just, yeah, I said the same thing a few times. I think this week where I was like, oh yeah, like the women's British Open. I'm like, wait, we don't say British Open for the men. We're not. Oh, we say Open. Cha- oh right, that's it's not called the British Open. That's just what she's we call a, her. She's the champion golfer of the she's year. She's the Open champion. Yeah, open champion <laughs> golfer. Um, but yeah, she's not playing. I think I and we we kind of talked about it a little bit uh, before the podcast. I know it's a sponsor's invite. They can do whatever they want. They throw the money behind it. Blah 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 blah. But it just doesn't seem right. It just doesn't seem right to me. I know it's LPGA and it's LPGA points or I don't know. It just yeah. I think I, there's something I, wrong. I think the, with the other thing about that too is that since she won there she's played pretty well like it's yeah. not like oh, she's yeah, won there and then yeah. she's been missing cuts and stuff like she hasn't missed a cut since then she's got you know a handful of top 25s um she, she, she played she's pretty well, well this yeah. week she she was she is a um one of these people who i believe had the story where she she just kind of she just missed a couple times in moments where you know if she she made this putt here or or mm-hmm. You know, she would have she would have qualified anyways for the LP for LPG status, and and there's all these little things that happen. I believe yeah. she actually got, I believe she actually got Lyme disease as well, and that derailed her for a few years. I think that's and, right. And set yeah. her back. But um, you know, this I I don't think it was like, although she was ranked way down when she won the British Open, I don't think that's necessarily necessarily a reflection of her being like a uh you know, one-off long shot champion. I think that no, it's like yeah. her, her, that's the break she needed to kind of break through. And the I think opportunity. she's going to be kind of, yeah, exactly. And I think she's going to kind of be a consistent fixture now on the tour. So, I mean, I, I totally agree with you, Adam. She, she has rightfully earned her spot in that, in that yeah. tour championship. It also just seems and, like, like if I, yeah, I get that it's probably the sponsor's choice, but like, how do you not choose the person who won a major and is like a great feel good story? You know, like I don't understand and how like, you don't choose that. Yeah, and has a draw. Like she yeah. will pull in fans and view, like I would, I would be more inclined to pay attention to what she's doing than Natalie Gulbis. You know. Well, I was kind of scrolling through the comments, and I mean, comment sections are completely toxic across the internet for the most part. <laughs> but people were like, maybe it's a good opportunity for Natalie to step down and be like, I, I don't think I'm the right person for this invite, but. Um, I mean, that's a personal decision as well. And that's, and if she has an opportunity, and, but also like putting that it, on you know? her to do that. Like I, I always, I always hate yeah, it a little bit when that's suggested that like, Why Oh, this that person should, yeah. should step aside. Well, like, 
just like I was saying about Sophia, like maybe this is her opportunity. She somehow yeah. comes out of nowhere and plays does well in this thing and maybe gets more status. Just like I was able to Sandy Lyle. Like, I don't know why he's still teeing up the Masters, but, you know, like maybe this is the year. Who knows? Maybe. <laughs> Lightning in a bottle. <laughs> Do you guys want to... Uh, recap some of your dfs picks for this sorry just real quick before we get off the the tour championship so so jin young ko who um is somewhat related to our dfs picks uh she needed a top four so she she had only this is only her third event on the lpga she uh since covid she was she just chose to stay in korea and play there um so this is only her third event that qualified for points for the tour championship and she needed a top four and so she got she ended up in second to qualify for next week which that's such a boss move that's like dj showing up at the wyndham championship and i'm into the bmw and that's a third there <laughs> <laughs> yeah taking the whole year off and showing up at the wyndham this will be good <laughs> So, so I think I that's a honest. natural segue into. So, our we had uh, we did a pick show for the U.S. Women's Open just just for uh, DraftKings had LPGA this week, which they don't yeah. always do, and they will be next week, and so we will be putting out a video for that one. Um, but my pick was Jin Young Ko, uh, just because she had good results over in Korea, and she's just an absolute stud golfer, and I think she was either fourth or fifth in pricing, so it just seemed yeah, like it it uh, seemed like a good deal. So. That was my pick. She ended up tied for year two. Uh, my sleeper was Hannah Green, last year, last year's Open champion. I want to say um, she she won a major last Sounds year. Right. I can't remember yeah. for sure which one it was, uh, and she made the cut, tied for fortieth. So, yeah, and I had a uh, MB Park who had a great Monday, I guess, uh, to climb up the leaderboard and post T uh, six. And my sleeper was Stacy Lewis, local, and a little bit like Hannah Green fell off. Uh, they both had. Struggled on Sunday, so she fell to 44th. But, hey, we had 4-4 four to four through to the weekend. That's a pretty clean DFS picks. Uh, we haven't talked about it yet, but we might pick a few more this week. We might uh, double that. I don't know. Get some more names No, I thought we had talked about it when we were. Oh, are we? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Steer me around and point me in the right direction. Um, if our note page is right here, then the next thing is a soapbox <laughs> Sunday for Craig. So, oh, so I, I've, I've ranted enough, go. and I feel like we need to move on. So I'm, I'm going to leave this one for now. I'm, I'm, maybe I'll save. Let's not, to, let's not talk about what it is. We're going to pocket it. Cause I it's think a good we'll pocket one. it for later because I, I think it is. It's a topic that we could bring up at, at a different time. Yeah. Okay, guys. But just, just to let you know, I've got some good rants <laughs> bottled up. <laughs> Let us know if you like the Sunday Soapbox, because I don't know. We could cancel it after this one show. I don't know. It's up in the air. It's up in the air. Um, So let's move on to the DP World Tour Championship. Adam, do you want to give us a recap of that? Yeah, so the European Tours finale. It's the race at Dubai, kind of like all these other tours. You get the limited field, no-cut event. Uh, They're in Dubai. I think they've been at this course since like mid 2000s or so they've been here for i would say 07 or 08 somewhere around there yeah a dozen years uh or so maybe more um but yeah some of the best golfers in the world some surprise entries guys that uh did well in majors and are kind of playing their first european tour events uh but it was an absolutely packed leaderboard uh through 54 holes we had seven golfers within one shot of the lead including patrick reed fitzpatrick hovland bobby mack your boy kevin Lee Westwood. Um, but it was Matt Fitzpatrick who went five under through his first seven holes on Sunday and finished with a 68 and got his second DP World Tour champ, his second win on that course. Um, I mean, we can talk about the other. Uh, Lee Westwood actually won the th- his third race at Dubai. He actually, I think it was a solo second or tied solo for second. second. Yeah. Solo, solo second. second that took it. So that, that yeah, that, that was a big point that I would like to talk about because... Uh, <laughs> I think that uh, I probably, like, a lot of people were happy that it ended up being Lee Westwood as opposed to some of the other people it could have been. Patrick Green. So, <laughs> <laughs> main, main, mainly, yes. Um, but, so I, I did try to watch as much of this live as I could. So, for me, it started at about midnight for the leaders. And 
I I watched uh, Fitzpatrick play the first four holes in absolutely flawless golf. That he did not miss a shot. He made four straight birdies. Um, unfortunately, my boy Robert McIntyre made two bogeys on the first two holes, including a par five. Um, yeah, the second which, hole. Which was it was a tough start, and with what Fitzpatrick was doing, it pretty much played him out of it. Um, so after, I was really hoping he was because he was one off the lead. I think going into Sunday. Yeah, I was yeah. really hoping. Who's that, was, Bobby Mack? Yeah, because he he could have qualified yeah. for the Masters too. With a, yeah, he could have played finish. himself into the top oh. fifty. So he, he, I think he needed to like I don't know exactly what position he would have needed to hit, but I think it was his top two or three. Yeah, might have might have got him in there. So I was I was hoping for a strong Sunday for him, and unfortunately, it was the opposite. He shot plus five and and seventy seven re- yeah. really fell down the leaderboard, which was too bad. Now, um, now that said. Uh, he did still move up to 56th. So, yeah, he moved up. Um, there is another cutoff for top oh, 50 that's true. in the yeah, world yeah, yeah. Right. In, uh, like the week before the Masters. Yeah. So it's not, like right. it's, a... it's not like his chances are done. It just means that he didn't get in at, at this point. Yeah, That's a good storyline to follow. I think uh, yeah. I, that, Kevin, I'm rooting for your boy. He's my boy. He's my boy. I'm really, <laughs> I'm really pulling for him. Um, and you know what? He was playing in a group with Reed. Which I think is reads a big name, um, whether for the right reasons or not. <laughs> and I, I don't know if he not only is he a big name, but I don't know if he'd be an easy personality to play with, depending on his totally. mood. I, I totally agree. It, it's a tough it's a tough pairing, I think, for um, a, a younger guy like Robert McIntyre, who um, you know he's he's been in in contention on Sundays before, but um, a guy like Reed brings a lot of. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for, guys? A, yeah. <laughs> a lot of well, yeah. intensity. Yeah, a lot of intensity. All those things. But playing with uh, Bryson of, too, it's like it becomes a lot of attention. Something. Yeah. Well, and if Patrick Reed just is the leader, golfer. you know, 36 hole leader. I think he was tied at 54 holes, yeah. and he's not getting it done. He's not. He's going to be super fired up about Intense. the fact he's yeah. not getting yeah. it done. Yeah. And so if you're so, Playing with that person, uh, you, you yeah. have to get into your own thing. Exactly, and I I think that experience, even though he didn't play well this time, I think that will will bode well for him in the future. Um, so you know, unfortunate for him this time, but um, yeah, like so, I stayed up till about one thirty watching this. Fitzpatrick had just blitzed early on, and I. I didn't see a way that he was the way he was playing that he was going to fall back at all. I figured kind of it was over. Cantor had kind of kept pace for a little bit with him, um, and it was a few back. <laughs> but uh, the the guy I was really pulling for in Robert McIntyre was kind of out of it, and and uh, Fitzpatrick was looking flawless. Um, the one guy I did I did place it. I already had my money on Robert McIntyre going into the tournament, so I was, I was you know obviously pulling for him. But um, the one guy I thought was being disrespected going into Sunday was was the elder statesman Lee Westwood, one back, and he had the longest odds of anybody in the group that was within hmm. one stroke. So, and he's been playing good golf. Like, I mean, obviously because he won the race Dubai, but um, but I, think, I, mean, I think people don't appreciate the fact that he's having a bit of a resurgence here. But yeah. he, he also, so I I was listening to some of his post round interview. He said like his back was so fired up on Monday, he didn't know if he was going to be able to play or finish the tournament. So there's, I mean, there was legit question marks. Well, that may have played into the odds a little bit. I did not have that information. <laughs> <laughs> so, But hey, he, um, he battled yeah, through it. Yeah, he, he played great. And and I I believe, uh, I could be wrong. Did he birdie 18? I want to yeah. say he birdied he 18, did. yeah, to, to get to where he finished. And then... He had some some help from the groups behind him with guys falling off. Cantor doubled seventeen, right? Yeah, and I think uh, uh, Reed made some bogeys down the stretch there too right. to fall back. So giving Westwood the solo second and the the race to Dubai uh, championship. So um, yeah, good on. I mean, Lee Westwood. What is he? Forty seven now, and he's. I want to say, didn't Cantor's like double? So that he didn't tie Westwood, make yeah. it so that yeah. Westwood won it. Yeah, 
Instead of Patrick Reed, right? As someone who had chosen Cantor as a sleeper going into the week, I don't feel great about this. But uh, (laughs) but yeah, you do have like I I I will take it for the for the Westwood over Reed winning the European season long event. So he's won it in two thousand two thousand nine and twenty twenty. Lee Westwood. That's crazy. That's crazy. Uh, He's won in four different decades. Uh, It is crazy. Yeah, I, I. I was trying to think of a comparison. I was thinking of Vince Carter playing. He's he's played an NBA game in four different decades. I mean, you kind of have to get lucky to do that kind of thing. But um, winning or getting uh, winning the race to Dubai is not just playing. It's it's being at the top of the game. So, what do you uh, think of when you think of Lee Westwood playing golf? What do you think of like uh, like in terms of a strength? Ma- master sleeper, master sleeper. <laughs> Yeah, that's, that, that's a pretty. <laughs> I'd say Don't, that's pretty apt. Yeah, it's, it's I, a I master know sleeper. He's a perennial master sleeper. I always think of like hitting long irons, super crisp, and I don't know why I think that, but I just think of him with like a, you know, in the pre-hybrid era, hitting like two iron or three irons, just like just on on a rope. Um, and I I don't know why I have that image in my mind, but. I, I think of him as being just someone who's like super solid, like all around solid. Yeah, yeah. And then I like and that. then I, I I see him like when I envision him, it's almost like I see a putt just sliding by the hole when it should drop, and him walking by, and just it's like ah, oh, like ah. Oh. I also Dude. feel like he he would just come and get you by the neck, and like he's one of those guys you'd be buddies with. You're like, it's yeah. okay, Adam. I'll get you a beer in the pub after. It's Hey, it'll be okay, man. I've had my hardships. Whatever. I've made yeah. that bogey before. He's one of those like, guys. Every, everyone seems like all the guys out there seem to root for him. Yeah, he he's one of those guys that I think as as he gets older and um, you just can't help but respect what he's done over the course yeah. of his career. And I I wasn't necessarily pulling for him ten or fifteen years ago, but. I can't help but pull for him now. Yeah. You know, like he's he's he also just seems so like one of those and... guys. You know, you talk about like um, old man strength or manual labor yes. strength, or just like that. Yeah. Like when you shake someone's hand, or you just like you know you're you're playing some kind of sport against them, and you have to post up on them or something, and they just you're like, <laughs> yeah. man, that guy's strong. Like it's not that like that showy gym strength. It's like that man, that guy, that guy's yeah, he's solid old man strength. It's a real <laughs> yeah. thing. It's like you're playing, yeah, you're playing, you're playing pickup hoops, and he's not moving off the block when you're yeah. <laughs> damping no. your shoulder into no. him. What I'm wondering is, like, I've lost my like young man strength, but haven't got my old man strength. Yet. I'm just like, it's like no. Can man I sign up for right some now. of that old man strength, please? <laughs> is it kicking in the 40s, or when does it come? <laughs> when does it come? It's not now. I'll tell you that. Um, so, Craig, one of your boys, or he's not your, a, an official boy for you, but. I feel like he's almost like an unofficial. He's boy creeping up. I think he might be a yeah. 2021 boy. For he Craig. might be Hovland. He, he so, was right oh, there. I was thinking someone else. Sorry, I was thinking someone else. Oh, are you thinking Cantor? No, no, no. I got someone later on. But we, uh, yeah, we'll, we, oh, we've got a little. The, uh, oh, I see. I see. I see. He's got a point about. of contention. He wants to bring up in a sec. Well, we'll um, see. Well, yeah. Hovland, I I think Hovland is a superstar in the making. I mean, I I think that's a fairly popular opinion. Um, but. The more I so uh, we we did a, a DFS pick show for this one, um, and I, I was going. I was trying to. I thought I was going to pick Sanjay M, and I was like, it was you know, Hovland was coming off the win, and so what I was going to try to do in in justifying why Sanjay was a good choice was to like compare him to Hovland, who is similarly priced, but like everyone is going to be on Hovland, and. But then, like, everything I looked at, I was like, no, like, Hovland is, like, like he's better than I thought he was. And, like, he, he's putting up numbers that are, like, future superstar numbers. Not like, oh, he's going to be, you know, 25 to 10 in the world. He, he's putting up, he's got the kind of ball striking that he could potentially be a, a top five fixture once he has it all, you know, once he polishes off all aspects of his game. Um, and so I ended up picking Hovland because the further I got into the numbers, the more I was he like, well, no, I do want Hovland as my pick. I, I'm shocked. I mean, I, I think I, I, I responded on our show and I said, I, I don't see it happening. Like you come off a win, a pretty dramatic win on Sunday in Mexico. 
and you fly over to Dubai and tee it up with probably limited course uh, knowledge. Walking, um, Isaac, it just seems like a trap. It's a trap, and he's he's solid. Like, you got to see. You got to think like he's going to be one of these guys. I feel like that's just going to have an incredibly high floor. And if he <laughs> if his if his short game That's is sharp exactly that it. week, like I yeah. think he's he's gonna contend. You know? Well he's got that ball striking. So I mean, one of my boys, Hideki Matsuyama, he is his game's not in a really good place right now in terms of like all aspects of it coming together. But he's such a good ball striker that he's still what does he fall to like 30-ish in the world? Like I think Hovland's that type where he's such a good ball striker that if when he can if he can get all aspects of his game to be you know elite then he's going to be a top 5 player in the world as you know on yeah. in the long term um yeah but even if he you know his say his putting or his short game around the green play if that comes and goes from year to year he's not going to fall like he's not going to fall to 60th or 70th like his his ball striking's going to keep him relevant i think at all times yeah, I, I tend to agree with you on that, Craig. Um, Adam, one of your unofficial boys uh, had a pretty good showing here. Um, didn't get it done, but Patrick Reed. So what happened there? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You, <laughs> I just had to, throw it. I had, to, I had to throw it to somebody. Um, <laughs> any any t- comments on Reed? Like I was, to be honest, I was kind of. Uh, I, I after Robbie Mack got out to a pretty good start on Thursday, I I woke up first thing I checked the score on Friday and mm-hmm. saw that that Reed had shot a sixty four and almost just wanted to call in sick for the day and <laughs> go back I, to bed. I was so depressed. But I mean, I'll do, I'll do my quick read. Sorry. So I I wanted to go in with zero uh, DFS ownership, making twenty laps. I was gonna have zero read. But then by our Wednesday night Twitch show, right before we were about to tee off, I'm like, the more I look at it, I actually think there's a good chance for him to win. So I, I did sprinkle him in um, by halfway point. He was leading and it felt like this whole, an American has never won narrative was coming up and Reed was going to be Mr. Captain America and fly over and get the win and win the race to Dubai and all this. And I was like, that, that seems to be his kind of fuel. That's going to get him going. That's going to get him his intensity level just like even higher. Which I just have up. to I have to interject. I thought that was kind of a cheeky narrative given that it wasn't really a real season either though. You know, like I he, think, he, it anyway. I think it's a cheeky narrative probably just flat out. It just yeah. is. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he he didn't get it. He didn't close on Sunday. That's mm-hmm. that's it. I mean, so so. I I I agree that it is a bit a bit of a cheeky narrative. If one of so say of him or Morikawa, I would have rather Reed be the one to win. Um because so first off I think Reed has a ton of baggage in the States. I think I think Reed gets to play, Patrick Reed gets to play a little bit more freely. We we spoke yes. about this. We did a halfway so. recap. I think he gets to play a little bit more freely over there, um, you know, wherever he is in Europe or or in the Middle East where it was. Um, But he also, like, he does travel over to play in in events over there. So he he didn't after the Tour Championship this year. And I'm sure there was, you know, the Masters. He played in the BMW PGA, didn't he? Yeah. So he did did the BMW PGA. um, But... That was before the Tour Championship. Uh, so he chose... Or no, sorry, that was after. That was before the Masters. Um, but the Masters messed things up. So you look at last year, so 2019 fall, after the Tour Championship, he did his full fall season besides the HSB Champions he came back for. But he did uh, five tournaments over there. Um so like it does give me some like I would rather someone that is making an effort to be more yeah. of an international player as opposed to a, a Morikawa who, from what I understand, I think he took up European Tour membership before he had guaranteed his PGA membership. Um, I don't know exactly how it worked, but essentially after a World Golf Championship, uh, he took up his European Tour membership. 
from what I know, he hasn't actually just gone over there to play in a regular European but, tour event. So quickly in his defense, though, in his pre kind of, I mean, of course you're going to say this when you're over there, but he says that he does hope to play over here rather than just, you know, not just the WGCs and the majors. He wants to come over here for some events, uh, maybe yeah. the Rolex series or whatever it is. Right. So, and I would love that. Like I, I, I would love I, it if that became that, more think. of a common yeah. thing that, you know, well, and maybe, Maybe with the new agreement between the European right. totally. Tour and the PGA, maybe that will be a possibility for some of these guys. And I think that's what everybody wants to see, ultimately. Like, a well, World Golf Tour is, like, sort of... I, I mean, totally. like, the Open Championship, like, injected into my veins, that's what, that might be my favorite <laughs> yeah. like, major. Like, I know Masters is well, a lot of hype. I don't know. But, like, it's, it's just, Masters and Open Championship, I think, are, are, are one, two, for sure. And very different, but awesome, both of them. Yeah. I just feel like, okay... Uh, and this is kind of a, a side rant, but when you're on the PGA, when you're in mostly U.S., continental U.S., with trips to Hawaii, Bermuda, uh, Mexico, like it's, it is pretty limited, your global kind of perspective there. But when you go over and you play in, you know, all over the world where they are, it just gives new courses, different perspectives, all these different things that kind of... And, and really, golf, I think. Let, let's be honest, it's a different type of golf. Like, it's not just a different mm-hmm. course. It's a totally different type of yeah. golf. When you're playing golf on the ground versus in the air, it's it's completely different. And, you know... I sometimes accidentally play golf on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> when it should be in the air. Yeah, but, it, but it's... Um, you know, a lot of people argue that's how golf was supposed to be played. And uh, I, I I think it's part of the reason we all love it. You know, it's yeah. it's about shot making and... So, yeah, I think if we can see more of that, that would be great. And that's not necessarily the kind of course this was, but um, it's <laughs> no. often the kind of kind of golf that but the you European get, you Tour get a can, lot of vi- can v- offer. variety over there yeah. on yeah. the European Tour. Yeah. I think the other, so, like, just from a pure, if I was advising it, you know, what's Morikawa, 23-ish? Um, so from a personal brand, you know, Bryson's talking about how building his brand always. Those people should understand that, you know, there's what it's over seven billion people in the world now. Not all of them live in the United States. So, like, for these people to be building a global image, like, talk to Tiger, talk to Phil. They'll let you know what how much money they make from all their different sponsorships. And if they did not well, have I any, know, I don't know that they will let you know that. But but like, there's a reason that Phil would go travel to to the race to Dubai in years. You know, like, there's a reason that. they kind of get the broader understanding of of how much money there is all over the world what was the sponsor that you're telling me about was it dp world you're telling me about one someone that had i'm like do you know what they do i'm like i don't know and you're like oh they have these products or uh maybe it was cj i don't know but it was you're like telling me about these oh alfred dunhill Oh yes, right, Alfred Dunhill. Alfred Dunhill. They're like they're like um, luxury men's products. Like um, I was looking at because uh, I looked them up because I was like Alfred Dunhill Championship. This is one that was one of the ones that was down in South Africa, yeah. um, and it was like it was like leather a leather essentially like a, a business card holder that was like 300 bucks. And it was like the cheapest thing I saw on their website. And I was like, Oh, this is not my, this, this is, is not why I don't me. know all about them. <laughs> we do not live in the same worlds. Uh, well, um, do you have anything else you want to talk about with the DP world uh, tour championship for? We... Okay. Well, I think it was just announced today. Maybe I forget exactly when it come out, but rookie of the year. Craig, this is who I this is who <laughs> this, I thought was going to be on. This is where there's contention. <laughs> your boy, uh, Sammy Valimaki. Um he won Rookie of the Year. I thought there was a I thought it was a very very good rookie cat rookie class. So Morikawa could have been part of this, but I mean, I, I think I'm glad he didn't get it. I, mm-hmm. I'm glad he didn't go to Morikawa, but. I don't know, Craig. Give me your reasoning for well. So, so Adam, and- Adam wants Adam's argument. Adam takes contention because he thinks Rasmus Hoygaard um, should be the rookie of the year, and understandably so because you know I, I jumped into the numbers a bit, and it is close. But okay, I also jumped into the numbers, but I am interested to see where this goes. What well, do you want to make your case for Hoygaard, no, and then I'll defend okay, so here's, Valimaki? So here's what happened: race to Dubai, Valimaki eleventh in race to Dubai. Hoygaard 16th. They both played 19 events. So very, very close, very even there measurement. Um, 
official world golf ranking from when they started the year to when they ended. Valimaki went uh, 398th to 70th in the world. Hoygaard went from 200th to 86th. Um, and then w- win top five, top tens. I think Valimaki also got him there. One win, I think s- five or six top tens. So, so I have I, all those numbers. So I'll, I'll give them to you if you want. Um, okay. So wins, Hoygaard has two, Valimaki has one. So so Hoygaard gets him in wins and in top fives. Hoygaard has four top fives, Valimaki has three. But on all the other ones, once we get past that, so Valimaki has seven top tens to Hoygaard six and ten top 20s to Hoygaard 6 still. So Hoygaard has nothing besides his top 10s. He has no other finishes in the top 20s. Yeah. So that, um, that's what I was looking so, on And then page. once we get to miss cuts. So I counted yeah. these without... Both of them had a miss cut at the US Open. I didn't count those ones. Um, Hoygaard had nine miss cuts. Valimaki had three. So I, I think... The only Ooh. argument I think you can really say yeah. is that Hoygaard had the two wins and he had... Uh, you know, he had slightly better in the top five. Um, but four uh, shots t- for Valimaki. But so, yeah, I, I'm I'm pulling back my Hoygaard kind of position. Once I dug a little bit deeper, Valimaki had a really good year. When I, and I think the other thing, you had dug quite deeply into Hoygaard going into the U.S. Open yeah. or like around that time. And... He, his his place since then hasn't been good, and so like I think no. that's I think that's ultimately I think at that point he probably would have been the front runner. Um, yeah, but uh, yeah, he like, I don't know exactly what it was since then, but he he hasn't essentially had high finishes, and he's missed quite a few cuts since then. Um, the last one, just because I did the work to look this up, so I had them <laughs> I had them playing in twelve events together, not counting the U.S. Open, um, and so head to head in those events. <laughs> Valimaki like took it. him eight to four. So there you go. That's it. There it is, right there. But yeah, I think the need. first the first Finnish golfer to win Rookie of the Year, I think, could be. Um, but I I <laughs> uh, honestly, I love I love this young crop of of European players. Yeah. There is some young talent for sure. Great, right, young talent. I mean, let's be honest. Right across the board, right now, and not, and it's not just the young guys; it's the guys that are kind of more established. It's just a great, great time to be a golf fan. I can't yes. even, I can't even count how many guys we've talked about who could be perennial top five in the world ranking guys. <laughs> we have they, fifty if, top fives. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, I was reading a, an article saying that like the fan. young, the young U.S golfers and maybe you know i think you can make a good argument but like how the young u.s golfers right now are going to dominate like this next generation but like i see a lot of like i don't think rom and rory are going anywhere soon and (laughs) they're arguably i mean yeah right now dj's i think you can't argue with him being number one but um those two are going to be in the top five for quite a while still um, and yeah. so you think about from a Ryder Cup point of view, that's a, like, two anchors on your team. And then you look beyond that, and there's a lot of depth there. Well, look at the President's Cup, too. I mean, they give them a run for their money there, and they got a lot of young talent in that on that uh, team as well. So, yeah, I think there's a lot of good young talent across the board, for sure. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, unless you got anything else, I think that's a pretty good place to wrap it for this week. I think so. It was a good week of golf. Uh, nice to have. I mean, I, I didn't watch any shootout. I don't know if you guys have anything to say about. Oh no, no the QBE shootout. Who won that? I think Kuchar and Harris. 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 Yeah, Harris, yeah. Harris finally gets a win. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey, ring it up. I don't think it counts. Is it, not, is it an official PGA win? I don't think it counts, though. I don't know, Kevin. Are you super excited for this week? Charlie? Is this, a, is this the PNG? Uh, PNC? PNC, whatever it is. Um, we got Thomas versus Woods, I think, paired up. I mean, now that you mention it, yeah. I'm very excited. up with? We got Bur- each other. Like Thomas versus Woods. Oh, yeah. Uh, For some reason, I thought I thought uh, they were teasing that Annika Sorenstam <laughs> was playing with them. I thought I heard on the... Uh, on the broadcast, I thought that's what they were open. talking about. I thought that I heard the other... <laughs> Well, you guys need to get your fast J here. <laughs> yeah. I saw, I did see, uh, I don't know if it's uh, the same one, but John Daly had an Instagram clip of his son and he can rip it. Yeah, <laughs> I, I did see that. It doesn't I surprise did see me. That. Yeah. Yeah. Um, He's got a nice swing. 
So just real quick, uh, we are going to put out a show where we go through, we're going to put out a 2020 awards. Um, all of our awards are yet to be finalized, but we're going to go beyond, you know, player of the year and rookie of the year stuff. We're going to yeah. get some, some creative ones. Um, and then we're also going to take a look at the betting markets. Uh, so the future markets for all the majors, uh, the four um, men's majors next year. Oh, I love it. I love it. I'm already looking at those anyway. So. <laughs> well, that's what I figured. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for joining us, everyone. Um, please subscribe, rate, and review our show wherever you get your podcasts. Check out our YouTube channel. Um, you can always go to grandstandgolf.com for all of our content. And thanks again for listening. We look forward to talking more golf with you in the future. Take care, yeah. everyone. See you guys. Take care. Have a good one, guys. See you next time.